Hello, and welcome to Cross Life Church in El Dorado, Arkansas. We pray that this message from our lead pastor, Chester Passmore, will encourage and challenge you in your walk with Jesus Christ. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to reach out to us at www.crosslifechurcheldo.com. Thank you again for listening. A lot of scripture reading today. Remember that, uh, you know, you're always taught in public speaking, especially preaching, and I even gave this advice one time, don't read a whole, whole ton of scripture, kind of get the main points, because people don't have much of attention span, and, well, that's true, but I just can't get around it today, so we're going to read a lot of scripture today, is that okay? The Bible is good. How many of y'all can focus? Second Chronicles 26, this is the Old Testament picture of what I preached last week. The mindset of those who operate in king. I'm a king. This is my kingdom. God made me a king versus mindset of those who operate as priesthood. A priest is one who's meant to serve God. And in that serving God, they're building a bridge between man and God. They're not serving themselves. They're serving something greater than themselves. Kings serve themselves and have things serve them. And in the process, they're trying to build their kingdom. I think that it's fundamental that you have Saul, who, number one, Yahweh did not want Saul to be a king. How many of y'all know your Bible? Did not want... A king, period. Israel had a king. His name was Jesus. His name was Yahweh, right? Israel had a king. And it was was a disappointment in the heart of God that Israel demanded a king of God. And so they, they chose Saul based upon the fact that he was big, warrior, head and shoulders taller than everybody, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. God said, the next king, I'm not going to choose based upon your uh, outward appearance. I'm going to choose based upon his heart. And he saw a shepherd boy out in the field who would worship as an act of his priestly duty of who he was. See, before David was ever a king, he was the embodiment of a priest. He loved God. And the evidence of the struggle even in King David's life about his priesthood and his kingship banging heads together was found, A, in the heart of David, and B, in the, in the, uh, the expression of David. When David enters into Jerusalem, he is the king, but he takes off his kingdom garments and he begins dancing before the Lord. Are y'all with me? As an act of worship, because in his heart, David was not a king. In his heart, David was a priest. David's the only king that could establish a tabernacle. Kings don't establish tabernacles. Priests do. Priests operate in tabernacles, and David established one. David's heart at the end of his life was to build God's house and was not permitted to do so because David's kingship had required him to shed too much blood. But his heart, the thing he wanted to do on his deathbed was the priestly duty. See, David had the heart of a priest, even though he was a king. Are y'all with me? And so we have a gospel, and we have a gospel that's teaching us 
that you are a king, you need to be a king, you need to have dominion on, in your kingdom. And, and I, again, I go back to, you don't have a kingdom. You don't have a kingdom, I don't have a kingdom. Jesus has a kingdom. Amen. The king to thine be the glory and the power forever. The kingdom is yours forever. Amen. It's his kingdom. I get the privilege to be a part of his kingdom. Amen. And so we're going to talk about a couple of guys you probably never heard of in the Old Testament that illustrate this point that I'm, I'm trying to make, that you need to view your life from a standpoint of a priest, not the standpoint of a king. I go back to the cross one more time. Go back to the cross. There is a man who has a crown on his head and a sign above his head stating that he is king. He is a king. But in that moment, was he operating in kingly duty? No, the Hebrews calls him the great high priest who was connecting heaven and connecting earth and he was operating his priestly duty, offering the sacrifice of his, of his own self and, and to give unto the Lord as a pleasing sacrifice for sin once and for all. Jesus could have come as a king, but he came as a priest. And it's, if you go back to Second Peter or First Peter 2.9, I believe that's, more accurately translated a kingdom of priests. A royal priesthood should be more accurately translated a kingdom of priests. There is a king, one king, one singular king. His name is Jesus, and he has a kingdom, and it's filled of priests. Those of us who have given our lives to the king, we're now priests in his kingdom. Are you there? Okay? So I'm trying just to, 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 to get all the king thinking out of your head that you might think as a priest, that you might think of one who serves the greater purposes of God. Rather, look at me, rather than serving the purposes of your own life. Are you with me? Okay, good. So here we go. Let's read some Bible. There's a bunch of names in this Bible in the Old Testament that uh, if anybody would want to come up here and grab this microphone and do better with their names, you're more than welcome to. But I'm going to pretty much make them up as I go. I'm going to get maybe one right. First one of chapter 26. Y'all can just keep rolling with me. This is a New Living Translation. All the people of Judah had crowned Amaziah, 16-year-old son, Uzziah. Wait, stop. I want to start with chapter 23. If you have your Bible, go to chapter 23. I'm going to start with chapter 23. Sorry. I'm going to give you a second to flip over there. It's going to be about four or five pages in your Bible. Chapter 23. Here we go. In the seventh year of Athaliah's reign. Now, Athaliah, I don't know how you say her name. Athaliah. You can't even see. How many of y'all see her name in your Bible or something? By the way, there's a lady back there that you've got your phone out looking for the scripture and your flashlight's on. It's a, it's a concert. Oh, you're looking at your Bible? Would you do me a favor? <laughs> Hold up. Welcome to 2019. You know you're not a millennial when you use your phone to look at your Bible rather than your phone to look at the Bible. <laughs> that's what I'm wanting. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Hey. Okay, that's good. That's hilarious. I thought, you, I thought you was just somebody who didn't know the flashlight was on. That's hilarious. That is great. That is hilarious. 
How many different ways can you see the scripture with the phone? Okay, here we go. And do I have it up there on the screen? No? Okay. Mark, would you do me a favor, buddy? Thank you, buddy. In the seventh year of Athaliah's reign, everybody say Jehodiah. Jehodiah. Something. J J E H O I A D A. Jehodiah. Everybody say Jehodiah. The priest. Jehodiah. The priest. Seventeen year of Athaliah's reign. Athaliah is a, is a queen governing Israel. She ain't supposed to be there. She's evil. She has set up Baal worship, and she is not doing the work of the Lord. Okay? Here we go. Jehodiah the priest decided to act. Look at me right now. It's time for the priest to stand up and to act. Okay? He decided to act. I love this guy, Jehodiah. He summoned his courage and made a pact with five army commanders. As I'm, We're just going to skip those guys. They're in there. Verse 2, these men traveled secretly throughout Judah and summoned the Levites and the clan leaders in all towns to come to Jerusalem. They all gathered at the temple of God, where they made a solemn pact with Joash, the young king. Joash is the rightful king. Jehodiah the priest said to them, Here is the king's son. The time has come for him to reign. The Lord has promised that a descendant of David will be our king. Hear me now what the Spirit is saying. The priest is rising up. The priesthood is rising up in our hearts as believers because we have realized it's time to act to set the king that, that sits on the throne and the line of David back in his rightful place. This is not about priests building our kingdom because we don't have a kingdom. We're priests, not king. It's about establishing the rightful heir to the throne, Jesus, as the son of David on his throne in this nation, in our hearts, in this city, in our lives. Somebody say amen. Okay. Here's the king's son. It's time for him to reign. The Lord has promised a descendant of David will be our king. This is what you must do. When the priests and Levites come on duty on the Sabbath, a third of you will serve as gatekeepers. Another third will go over to the royal place, and the final third will be at the foundation gate. Everyone else should stay at the courtyards of the Lord's temple. Remember, only the priests and the Levites on duty may enter the temple of the Lord. They are set apart as holy. There's a certain thing that only priests can do. We're going to see more of this later. There's certain things only those with the heart of priests can do. Certain arenas and areas of God that only priests can go. You Levites, former body guard, stay around the king and his weapon, kill anyone who tries to enter the temple, stay with the king wherever he goes. Verse 8, so the Levites and all the people of Judah did everything as Jehodiah the priest ordered. The commanders took charge of the men reporting to duty on the Sabbath as well as those who were going off duty. Jehodiah the priest did not let anyone go home after their shift had ended. Jehodiah supplied the commanders with spears and with large and small shields that had once belonged to King David and were stored in the temple of God because only the priests had access to certain weapons. 
I'm going to get my preach on. He stationed all the people around the king. This, this is the boy. This is a boy. And he, he, he stations all the people around this king, this boy king, and had their weapons ready. These are priests. They formed a line from the south side of the temple around to the north side and around the altar. Then Jehodiah and the sons brought out Joash, the king's son, placed the crown on his head, and presented him with a copy of God's laws. They anointed him and proclaimed his king, and everyone shouted, Long live the king! When Athaliah, the queen, heard this, the noise of the people running and shouting of the praise to the king. When false government systems hear the priest standing up, putting Jesus back on his throne, and appropriate worship happening to him. She saw the newly crowned king standing in his place of authority by the pillar at the temple entrance. The commanders and the trumpeteers, good job, Krista, by the way. The, the commanders and the trumpeteers were sounding him, surrounding him, and people from all over the land were rejoicing and blowing trumpets. Singers with musical instruments were leading the people in a great celebration. And when she saw this, she tore her clothes in despair and shouted, treason, treason. That's exactly what a, a false government will yell as treason, treason. A religious false government will yell treason. Jehodiah the priest ordered the commanders who were in charge of the troops, take her to the soldiers in front of the temple. Kill anyone who tries to rescue her. Um, priests are not wimps. There's a mindset that to be the priest in the kingdom of God, you got to lay down your backbone. There's a mindset that we just, we don't buck culture too much because it's not the appropriate expression of love. Let me tell you what the appropriate expression of love is. The appropriate expression of love is to do anything necessary to put the king of kings on his throne. Amen? So she yells treason, treason. He says... He says, take her to the front of the temple, kill anyone who tries to rescue her. But the priest has said she must not be killed in the temple of the Lord. So they seized her, led her out to the entrance of the horse gate on the palace grounds and killed her there. Jehodiah made a covenant between himself and the king and the people that they would be the Lord's people. The priesthood initiated the restitution of the covenant between the, the priesthood, the, the king, and the people. And said, we will again be God's people. I'm telling you, we cannot look to government to do what the priesthood should be doing. <laughs> Hear me? Y'all ain't, ain't even clapping yet. Okay, because the thing is, is I just, we just saw a beautiful testimony of, of, of rescuing in the form of abortion, and most of us are wrapped up in the law passing of an abortion that turned the tide. And as much as I want it, it's not the laws that's going to turn the tide of abortion in America. It's some people like Haley and some people uh, that, that will stand up and will have proper family under the institution of the priesthood of Yahweh who will raise children in the fear and the admiration of the Lord to grow 
grow up to be men and women of God. It's us doing God right. It's us doing priesthood well. It's us being men and believers of God, raising our families up to be the priesthood that's going to turn the tide of abortion in this nation. It's people like that with a testimony and a story that can change more hearts than the law ever could. And it's when they take it upon their hearts to say, I'm a priest and it's my God-given responsibility and purpose on this earth to build a bridge between heaven and earth for women who are considering abortion. I will serve them with the heart of God to see them to do the right thing. It's, It's people taking up their purposes in God being the priest. Does that make sense? The people want to look to a government because whether we say we don't or not, we really do like it when government does everything for us. It's easier to vote for somebody who they think is going to change the law than it is to be an outspoken daily presentation of the good news of Christ to people in a hurting and dying world and say, I got the answer for abortion right here. It's the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's easier to cast a vote than it is to be an example shining light. Jehodiah made the covenant, and all the people went over to the temple of Baal and tore it down. The priesthood initiates the tearing down of idolatry. I'm telling you, idolatry is rampant in the house of God. Idolatry is rampant in the quote-unquote Church of America. Number one idol is self. We have erected ideas. We have erected shrines into our own ways of thinking. And the gospel has become at least primarily about the benefit of self. The benefit, we are the thing that we are worshiping in idolatry. And I'm telling you, it's time to tear it down. But we can't tear it down from the, time, from the standpoint of a kingship. We have to tear it down from the standpoint of priesthood. All the people went to the temple of Baal, tore it down. They demolished the altar, smashed the idols, and killed uh, Matin, Matt, the priest of Baal, in front of the altars. Awkward. <laughs> Jehodi now put the priests and Levites in charge of the temple of the Lord. I ask my question of who was in charge before? Following all the directions given by David, he also commanded them to present burnt offerings to the Lord as prescribed by Moses and to sing and rejoice as David has instructed. He stationed gatekeepers at the gates of the Lord's temple to keep out those who for any reason were unclean. When the commanders, nobles, rulers, and peoples of the land escorted the king from the temple of the Lord. (laughs) See, it's much better when the king comes from God's house onto his throne rather than from on his throne. And now he has an invitation to come to the God's house. The church has too long courted a king spirit. Boy, I'm preaching. The church is too long courted a political king spirit. And that spirit, that spirit uh, uh, is 
making us slaves to a greater to an, an inferior system when really that that spirit of kings should be coming from the temple house. What's his name? Sean Fowl, Foyt, Foyt? Sean Foyt is growing up. He's, he's a fantastic worship leader. He's got hair down to his buttocks, big golden curly hair. I said buttocks. <laughs> anyway, uh, anyway, so he's got like this huge amount of hair. He is like a total, uh, he is California 101. I mean, he looks, he's like, he probably says, dude, all right? Okay, and, and this guy does not look like a politician, praise God. And the deal is, is he has grown up in the house of God. He, he's been a worship leader at Bethel, and he's running for United States, Con is it Congress or Senate? Running for United States Congress, and he says, I don't look like a politician. I'm not cutting my hair, and, 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 he's, and he's speaking out of a voice. It's one thing, and he's not seeking the seat because he wants the power. He's seeking the seat because he believes there's something in the house of God greater for our country. Okay? Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. I love what uh, uh, Danny has put me on to following this guy on Facebook, Mize, Terry Mize. Okay? And he made a statement the other day, and he was talking about uh, they tried to get Billy Graham to run for president. Billy Graham responded, I do not want to take, uh, I don't, and this is a paraphrase of what he said, because I can't remember exactly how he said it. I'm not, I don't want to step down in calling. <laughs> why the church is looking to bring everything up, why, why the church courting that king's spirit whenever they don't realize that the priesthood is the greater calling. Billy Graham standing and preaching the gospel to the lost is a greater calling. Are y'all with me? So when the commanders and nobles, they put him in the Lord's house, or they put him in the, in, in, on his throne from the temple of the Lord. They went through the upper gate and into the palace. They seen the king on the royal throne. All the people of the land rejoiced, and the city was peaceful because uh, the queen, I tell you, had been killed. And because the appropriate king who had rights to the throne was put back in his place, and because the priesthood was doing what they were always meant to be doing, creating order in the kingdom of God. Are y'all with me? So, let's continue reading the Bible, verse 24. Turn the page. Chapter 24, turn the page. Who knew the Bible could be so good? Joash, that's the king they just appointed, seven years old. <laughs> he reigned in Jerusalem 40 years. His mother, Ziba, Zibia, from Beersheba, Joash did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight throughout the lifetime of Jehodiah's priesthood. Jehodiah chose two wives for Joash. He had sons and daughters. At one point, Joash decided to repair and restore the temple of the Lord. Again, here's a king who has a heart for God's things. He summoned the priests and the Levites and gave them instructions. Go to all the towns of Judah, collect the required annual offering so that we can repair the temple of your God. Do not delay. But the Levites did not act immediately. The king called for Jehodiah the priest and asked him, Why haven't you demanded the Levites go out and collect the temple taxes? And the towns of Judah, Jerusalem, Moses, the servant of the Lord, levied the tax on the community of Israel in order to maintain the tabernacle of the covenant. Y'all read with me? Over the years, the followers of the wicked, Atali, at whatever her name is, evil queen lady, had broken into the temple of God. 
Over the years, the evil queen government system had broken into the temple of God. Look around, church. We have been broken into because we have bought a lie that we are kings, not priests. When they had, uh, they had used all the dedicated things from the temple of the Lord to worship the images of Baal idolatry. All the dedicated things that are meant for God have now been turned to the worship of idolatry. And I'm telling that idolatry itself. How much of the gospel is now man-centered rather than King Jesus-centered? All the things in the gospel meant to worship Jesus are now only solely being preached as the benefit of man. We've been broken into Hear me now. Uh, is it last week we took communion? I love communion. Communion is sacred. Communion is holy. It is predominantly presented as a means for your benefit right now. Do I believe that when I reflect on the broken body of Jesus and the blood of Jesus that I can receive benefits from heaven? Absolutely. But is that the, the reason that thing exists? It exists so that we might remember the Lord until he comes. It exists so that I can always put my mind when it gets over on this side here and put it back on Jesus. I'm not saying that it's not okay for me to believe that I can receive healing. My wife and I, we're believing right now for healing. I've told her to take communion and believe God for healing. But here's the thing. Communion is not, was not given for our healing it was given for our remembrance to put my mind back on the one. See, we have taken the holy things, and, and communion is one example of so many things in the church. We've taken the holy things, and we've made them about us. The sermons are holy, but they're predominantly about us. The songs are holy, but they're predominantly about us. The activities of church are holy, but they're predominantly about us. You hearing me? Those things are good and necessary in the kingdom of God, but they are secondary to what really all those things are about. Is that, that you come to church and worship God on the Lord's day. Yeah. Everything else that happens to me in that day is a secondary consequence of having put in the right thing in its rightful place. But what is people all the time will express their opinion of what they don't like in church and it's, the, it's evidence of what church is really about to them. We've taken the Lord's things and we've made them about us. We've turned them into idolatry. Are y'all out there? Let's keep on going. So now... Verse 8, the king ordered a chest to be made, set outside the gate, leading into the temple of the Lord. They, a, a proclamation was sent throughout Judah and Jerusalem, telling the people to bring the Lord the tax that Moses, the servant of God. I don't like that rendering of the word tax because I just don't like the word tax. Amen? All right? But anyway, he required of the Israelites in the wilderness. This pleased all the leaders and the people. They gladly brought their money and filled the chest with it. By the way, uh, they weren't doing it because of their own personal benefit. 
They gladly brought the money to the house of the Lord because they had, they had completely brought in until what was being resurrected in the house of God. Not because they knew that if I'm, if I'm a sow, I'm going to be a reaper. Is that true? Yes, but the motive of their heart was for him more than them. God cares about the motive of your heart. Somebody say amen. Okay? The king and Jehodi uh, gave the money to the construction supervisors, hired masons, carpenters, restored the temple. They hired metal workers, made act, uh, articles of iron, bronze in the Lord's temple. The men in charge of the renovation worked hard and made steady progress. They restored the temple of God according to its original design and strengthened it. When all the repairs were finished, they brought the remaining money to the king of Jehodi, the king and Jehodi. It was used to make various articles for temple of the Lord. Articles of worship services, burnt offerings, including ladles and other articles made of gold and silver. And the burnt offerings were sacrificed continually in the temple of the Lord during the lifetime of Jehodiah the priest. He set up something that would continue his entire lifetime. Okay, stay with me. I know, I know you are getting, I know you are getting, here, I, I'm going to show you prosperity as it relates to the priesthood. Verse 15. Now, first of all, verse 14. Go back to verse 14. The temple of the Lord he got to see something. Look, look, prosperity is when you get to see something that is sustained throughout your lifetime. He saw it in his sons and daughters and in his grandchildren's sons and daughters. And in his great, he, saw, he's, he lived to be 130, his great, great grandchildren, he saw something sustainable in his life. Fruitfulness Fruit that remained. That's prosperity. Because he was never building something for his own kingdom. He was building something for God's kingdom. And it had the, it had the ability to sustain. Verse 15. Jehodi, I lived to a very old age. Finally dying. <laughs> it's like the scripture said, Finally. Just because it's in the Old Testament doesn't mean that everybody lived to 500 years. Or, this, this is way after all them guys lived to hundreds and hundreds of years old, okay? This guy lived to 130 because what is prosperity? That I will prosper in my health and in my soul. I will, I will prosper in all these things in long life. Amen? Go back to verse 15, please. Uh, finally, he died at the age of 130. Prosperity is whenever we stand and let you outlive us all over your body. Hear me now. And we say the final words. You've lived a long, productive, healthy, fruitful life. And some of you are like, I don't want to live to 130, Right? You've got pews full of grandkids and kids and family. You've got people scattered all throughout the sanctuary who are there because you were the one who led them to Jesus. They're there because you're the one who are in their moment of darkness. You picked them up and you helped them out. Prosperity looks like all those things. You know why? Because every day there's men lying in that casket who have millions in their bank account and nobody comes. You hearing me? 
Prosperity is not primarily even about money. It's about leaving a legacy. It's about serving something greater than yourself that whenever you die, verse 16, he was buried among the kings. <laughs> a priest buried among kings That doesn't happen, except it did happen for this man named Jesus, too, who was buried and put in a wealthy man's come on, come on. See, he lived, Jehodiah gave him some, to something that was so much greater than himself, to serve heaven and to serve man and to build a bridge between those things, putting the rightful king back in his place, setting things back in order, something that would, out, that would live the test of time, doing all those things. And when he died, they said, this man doesn't deserve to be buried in a common man's grave. We'll put him in the graveyard of kings because he lived for something greater than himself. But see, when we have the mentality that we are a king, we live unto ourselves. And the longer we live into ourselves, the longer we find ourselves lonelier towards the end of our life. Selfishness has a way of pushing everybody away, and you come into loneliness at the end of your life. He was buried among kings in the city of David because he had done so much good in Israel for himself. He had done so much good in Israel for God and for his temple. When I die, I do not want them to say, Chester was so successful. Look at how much money he has. Look at how nice of a house he has. Look at how, I want them to say, he did so much good for the kingdom of God. Look wherever God used him to touch things and there was fruitfulness. I want my testimony of my living to even be greater than me. I want it to point people to Jesus. Are y'all with me? This is what a priest did. Some guy y'all never heard of. Verse 17 is gut-wrenching. After Jehodiah's death, the leaders of Judah came and bowed down before the king, Joash, and persuaded him to listen to their advice. Leaders of a different kingdom, not priests, they decided to abandon the temple of the Lord, the God of their ancestors, and they worshiped the Asherah poles and idols because there was a void of proper priesthood. Are y'all out there? Skip to, let's, go, let's move on to verse 20, uh, uh, chapter 26. I'm almost done. I know it's late. I know it's been a day. All the people of Judah had crowned Amaziah's 16-year-old son Uzziah as king in place of his father. After his father's death, Uzziah rebuilt the town of Elath and restored it to Judah. Uzziah was 16 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 42 years. His mother was, Je was Jecoliah from Jerusalem. Jecoliah. <laughs> Is that how you say it? Rico. Verse 5. <laughs> I'm keeping you all awake. Uzziah sought God during the days of Zechariah. All right. This is good. 
Verse 4, go back to verse 4. He did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight and his father, uh, uh, and what his father had done. Uzziah sought God during the days of Zechariah, who taught him to fear God. As long as the king sought the guidance of the Lord, God gave him success. All right, you know what? See, I can be a king. I can be a king as long as I see God and I can be fine, right? Verse 6, Uzziah declared war on the Philistines. Uh, he, let me just run through this stuff. He, he uh, built new towns. Verse 7, he waged war, wars and, and, uh, with other people. Verse 8, uh, they, they paid tribute to him, so he's amassing wealth. Uh, and, and his fame is spread all the way even to Egypt. He become very powerful. Verse 9, Uzziah built fortified towers in Jerusalem at the corner gate, the valley gate, the angle in, in the wall. He, he constructed forts in the wilderness. He's building and massing. He's doing good. What kings are supposed to do? Verse 11, Uzziah had an army, well-trained warriors. He's building an army, uh, ready to march into battle, unit by unit. He's, he's growing. Verse 13, the army consisted of 307,500 men, okay? All elite troops. All right, this is good, Uzziah. Way to go. Verse 14, Uzziah provided the entire army with shields, spears, helmets. He's doing great. Verse 15, he built structures on the walls of Jerusalem designed by experts to protect those who shot arrows, hurled long, large stones. From towers and corners of the wall, his fame spread far and wide, for the Lord gave him marvelous help, and he had become very powerful. Isn't this what we want? Isn't this what we're being taught in the church to believe? If you'll see yourself as a king, if you'll take your authority and your dominion and you'll believe, believe, believe as a king, God will build your, your kingdom and your stature and, and, you become, and you can amass this, amass that, amass this, build this, build that, and you can become powerful. Verse 16, when he had become very powerful, he also became proud. Which led to his downfall. He sinned. How did he sin? He sinned against the Lord his God by entering the sanctuary of the Lord. Who belongs in the sanctuary of the Lord? Priests. He entered the sanctuary of the Lord's temple and personally began burning incense on the altar of the incense. And verse, verse 17, just keep on rolling. Azariah, the high priest, went in after him. And eight other priests of the Lord, all brave men, because they knew they were going to die if they confronted the king, they confronted King Uzziah and said, it is not for you. Who's it for? The problem with seeing yourself as a king is that anybody had a real... Re exposure to the Holy Ghost and a real relationship with God, understand that there's something innate birthed inside of us in seed form that when we get born again, that we are called to be priests. And we tell ourselves we're king and we build and mass this kingdom. We become proud and we can believe we can do something that we were never born and designed to do and we'll put ourselves in a situation that God never ordained us to be in. This is the work of priests alone. 
there's some places only priests can go. There's <laughs> no king could have been crucified on a cross. But the great high priest, Jesus, who was mocked as a king, there's only one place that a, somebody could go when it wasn't fit for a king. It was fit for a priest. To walk into a temple not built by hands. Oh, you're not hearing me. To walk into, a king could not walk into that temple not built by hands. But to walk into a temple not built by hands, holding the sacrifice of his own perfect blood and pouring it on the mercy seat, providing priesthood duty to roll the sin of the world back and to release righteousness into the body of Christ. I'm telling you, we're looking to do something as king and at best it's limiting to what we're actually called to do which is to be priests and go into the most holy place and bring something out of that most holy place that can flood the earth with revival that can flood the earth with his glory that can flood the earth with his heart and his passion and his desire but kings want to go into the priesthood and into the temple and they will be killed there The work is for the key, the work is for the priests alone, the descendants of Aaron who are set apart for God. Get out of the sanctuary for you have sinned. The Lord God, wait, wait, well, here we go. This is, this is uh, uh, the, I know of the second example of a king offering sacrifices when he should not be. Hello, Saul. The Lord God will not honor you. You for this. Verse 19, Uzziah was holding the incense burner, became furious. And as he was standing there raging at the priest, I'm going to kill every one of you. You will not live. I'm going to destroy you. I'm going to rock. Right? He became furious, but as he was standing there raging at the priest before the incense altar of the Lord, leprosy. What is leprosy? In the New Testament, whenever they saw a leopard, what did they have to yell? Unclean, unclean, unclean. And buddy, I'm telling you right now, when you have the mindset of a king, you will put your hands to things that absolutely will make you unclean. But when you have the heart of a priest... You live for something greater than yourself. You live for the king and to keep him on his throne. And you can go into arenas spiritually that no king on this earth can ever go. See, here's the thing. is I, 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 Take the most powerful man in the world, President Trump, okay? Whether he's saved or not, I do not know. But here's one thing I know. is is the person who's been saved for 20 minutes in this sanctuary can go into an arena that the most powerful world man in the world cannot go if he's not, if he's not birthed in Jesus Christ. But see, we don't see authority that way. We see it on the earth. We don't see it in heaven. Are you with me? So standing there raging at the priest before the incense of the Lord's temple, leprosy suddenly broke out on his forehead. Isaiah, the high priest, and all the other priests saw the leprosy. They rushed him out. The king himself was eager to get out. <laughs> because the Lord had struck him. Uzziah had leprosy until the day he died. Look at me. Look at me. A priest died at 130, and they buried him with kings. A king died, and they separated him because he was unclean. 
what do you want to do? He lived in isolation in separate houses for he was excluded from the temple of the Lord. His son was put in charge of the royal palace and he governed the people of the land. I want to find my purpose on this earth buried deep inside of God's purposes for eternity. Your destiny, your purpose, your calling. Churches are splitting every day. The body's dividing every day because people are so absorbed with my calling. People have left this church because they couldn't be operating in their calling. You see, as priesthood, that's the mentality of a king. As priesthood, we have one calling. Serve his purposes on the earth. <laughs> the callings of him, I'll serve. I don't know. Jesus said something crazy on the night he was betrayed. He gave communion, went to a garden, and is evidence of his priesthood, not of his kinghood. He said, I don't want to do this, but nonetheless, I serve a greater purpose. And for the Father, he went to the cross. Because it was his purposes he was interested in. So much about the mentality of a king is meant for me and my purposes and my destiny. And I'm telling you, Chester Passmore's destiny is swallowed up in the destiny of Jesus Christ. Chester Passmore's purpose is swallowed up in the purpose of Jesus Christ. Chester Passmore's vision and desire and all those things that govern my life are swallowed up in the heart of Yahweh God. If I want to find myself, i got to find him. If I want to serve anything, I want to serve something greater than me. Amen. And if I'm, if, 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 I'm, if I'm faithful and trustworthy as a servant, maybe one day somebody will stand over me and say, let's bury him with kings. Because I gave my life to something bigger than me. Stop living for yourself. Stop living for yourself. Live for him. He alone is worthy. Way more worthy on my best day than I could ever be. He's more worthy of my devotion and my time and my heart and my love and my affection and my desires and my will. He is worthy of it all. One of the saddest pictures of your life could be the day that you realize you've spent most of it living for you. There is one found worthy. All to Jesus, I surrender. We want to say, I surrender, like we said this morning, I surrender. Then let's actually surrender. Let's be priests who live our entire lives for something greater than ourselves. Amen?
And when we find because we do that, that prosperity is rolling in, even financially, if we've already given our heart to something greater than ourselves, then God can trust us to move it through us into his kingdom rather than to amass our own materialism. Amen? Amen? Stand up on your feet. 1201. I'm 60 seconds late. Y'all can forgive me. Raise your hand in this room if you, want to be a, if you want to see yourself as priest, not as king. Come on. Say, Jesus. I want you to consider the words before you say them. Jesus. I want to give my life to something greater than me. And the greatest thing that I know is you. So allow me the privilege. Allow me the privilege to serve you as a priest. Because better is one day in your house. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God. Come on, can you understand the psalm now? I want to give my life, all of it, in service unto you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 We hope that this message from Cross Life Church was a blessing and encouragement to you. If we can pray for you or help in any way, please let us know by reaching out to us at www.crosslifechurcheldo.com. Thank you again for listening, and God bless you.